Welcome to Season 4 of the M-W Tactical Podcast. Sit back and enjoy the conversations of Rockstar Burst and myself, Michael Woodland, as we discuss the sport of shooting, goals, training, community matters, and everyday life. You are listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. All right, good people. We're back at it again. And thank you for joining us for another installation of the M-W Tactical Podcast. This week's show is brought to you in part by Hunter HD Gold. So in case you didn't know, Hunter HD Gold is an eye protective company that provides many different options outside of protecting your eyes while on the range. Now, I can say I use Hunter HD Gold for my everyday life functions when it comes to eyewear because I have a pair that I drive in, I have a pair that I shoot in, and then I have a pair that I just wear for normal everyday activities outside of the house. So if you're interested in Hunter HD Gold, head on over to HunterHDGold.com. Check out what they have. I have yet to try their red line of lenses, but from what I read, some people say they like them. Some people say they don't. The one day I did try on the red line of lenses, it was overcast outside and I couldn't see past 20 feet past me, but I don't have enough experience with the red line to talk about it, but I can tell you the gold line is the real deal. So head on over to hunterhdgold.com or to the M-W Tactical YouTube channel and check out the review that I've done on Hunter HD Goals and read up about these lenses on hunterhdgold.com. Once again, if you're watching us on YouTube, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button, hit the bell notification, give us a thumbs up or down, whichever you prefer. It is greatly appreciative. Um, as I've already stated before in previous shows, Everybody comes to the YouTube channel just to look at Rockstar on the podcast. I'm cool with it, but I just like to talk and have conversations. But if everybody wants to look at Rockstar, by all means, come on over to YouTube and look at Rockstar. <laughs> now, if you listen to us on Spotify, remember Spotify also gives you that option, whereas you can watch the M-W Tactical Podcast on the service that Spotify is providing. Now, whatever streaming platform you want to listen to the podcast, please go ahead and hit that follow up subscribe button, whichever one they offer and be notified whenever we drop new content for the M-W tactical podcast. It is greatly appreciative. Now, without further ado, um, bringing forth the co-host of the M-W tactical podcast this week, I didn't have chance to troll Rockstar because I had to play catch up on some other stuff. But Rockstar didn't troll me this week either. So I was like, okay, we probably talked to each other probably one time this week. And I was in the middle of doing something. And I just stopped what I was doing for like two seconds just to write her and say, hey, let's talk about this. And she was like, all right, cool. That was it. <laughs> so we got some catching up to do when it comes to the troll department. So Everybody is anticipating it, so we're just going to go ahead and bring forth the co-host of the M-W Tactical Podcast, the lovely, the insatiable, the one who is very knowledgeable, the one who keeps the show running on time, intact, however you want to look at it, the one, the only, 
Rockstar. What's going on there with you, Miss Rockstar? <laughs> Making it through another week. I know we were both super busy this week and yes. uh, it was kind of, it was, I don't know. I felt like last week was a crazy news week. There's still stories going on this week, but I feel like a lot of them are kind of uh, continuations of what was going on Correct. in the yeah. previous week. So I'm like, oh yeah, we should probably like catch up and like rehash some of these points and see, uh, see where we're at. But Well, I think one thing we really do or what we should catch up on, and I haven't done no research on this one, but the Supreme Supreme Court hearing with the NRA, and I don't think they wrapped that one up yet. So, but I want to go and look that one up and retouch up on that one in a later show. And um, some other cases of incidents that we talked about, whereas people was doing certain things with firearms, just to retouch up on that as well. Um, But outside of that, have you done any training since the beginning of January? <laughs> this month has been like very cold, you know, so, so going from January into February. So we've been having sporadic weather here in February. So we already had like four days already. That was like summer. Everything else was winter. So I don't know how it is up there where you are. Yeah, it's, it's not super warm. It, uh, it isn't terrible out right now. It's in like the thirties, um, but it's snowed. Not, hold on, hold on, hold on. Thirties <laughs> is cool for you. <laughs> That's a problem for me. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't operate in that. I'm not walking out the house in thirty degree weather. <laughs> Man, it was like a. It felt like a a spring day up here. It was like thirty five, and everybody was excited. <laughs> wow. Well, I know the time of this podcast, the high today is supposed to be up to like between 60 and 70. Ooh, that's not bad. That's lovely if you ask me. I'm, that <laughs> means when we get finished recording, I'm going to go walk downtown, just walk around and, hey, how's it going, good people? <laughs> Let's talk. Let's do this. <laughs> you know, just to get up out of here. It's 41 here today, or at least that's the high. So, so. <sighs> Feeling, feeling spring-like, I guess. <laughs> uh, well, the warm weather, it's coming back around. So um, summer will be here before you know it. And then you'll see everybody out and about. But speaking about coming back outside, have you noticed that they changed a lot of restrictions with the whole COVID mandate? I have noticed that. I mean, I've been pretty much living my life normal for the last, over a year, I think now I just stopped wearing a mask when I went out. And now there, there is technically a mask mandate in Milwaukee, but mm-hmm. I went out for a birthday party last weekend and nobody had a mask on. I'm like, oh, I guess we're, we're just not doing this anymore. Okay. I'm glad <laughs> we're all on the same page. <laughs> well, I know like when I doing a reverse lookup of everything you had, California saying they was going to lift the mask mandate and I can't remember when they said it was going to start but I guess LA County said they was going to keep it intact and then other places were starting to do the same thing then before that it was reports coming from overseas saying hey why are we overreacting on COVID when it was nothing more than the flu you're going to survive with the less and they're saying everything everybody was saying at the beginning which goes to show that this was intact. In fact, um, deliberate attacked on what 
other than your privacy. Right. Because that right there, pandemic, just opened the doors for all these other laws to come into place for whatever reason. Yeah, that's and true. And now you got the people who were saying, oh, I'm not getting it, I'm not getting it. Now they're sitting back like, I tried to tell you, I tried to tell you. Now the people who got it, what will they say then? You know, so what was the reason? Now is this going to bring forth all these court cases? Because you remember how they were saying at first, oh, well, you can't sue. Does that still stand now that they're reversing everything or how's that going to work out? Yeah, I'm curious to kind of, well, the, the vaccine manufacturers are more or less immune to lawsuits. And that goes back to like the eighties. There's a, there was a whole case that was decided. I should look more into that. I haven't recently, but um, basically the, like, the liability is more or less non-existent. And um, instead of being able to go after the manufacturer, they have basically a fund for people who face vaccine injuries and, you know, or if they're, if they die from a vaccine, um, that's, that exists, but it's like, you can't like sue Pfizer for that, or you can't sue like Johnson and Johnson. So that's like something that I think was passed when Reagan was around. I don't know that for sure, but I feel like that was under um, his presidency. And I personally think it's something that needs to be revisited. I actually think um, big pharma as a whole is something that we should really look at. Um, I think there's a lot of, I mean, it's grown exponentially, right? Like we take, we are the most medicated country in the world by a long shot and I think Japan is the next one and like we spend oh I just looked this up the other day I think we spend like 340 billion dollars a year on pharmaceuticals and I think Japan spends like 90 so I mean it's it's we spend considerably more and then you know there's a lot of talk about like the the people who want to socialize our healthcare or our medicine but then when you look at these countries that do have socialized medicine like they're not using prescriptions in the ways that we are and i think there's just a lot of things that we have let these i mean these companies are huge like they're they make billions of dollars there and they you know they then pay for politicians who support their business model and they they don't face a lot of scrutiny there was you know Pfizer paid out one of the largest I think it was the largest criminal fine in history back in 2009 and it was like 2.3 billion dollars which is a drop in the bucket to what they actually make I mean they make I think their revenue is going to be close to like 60 billion dollars this year so to say that they're paying like 2.3 billion. I mean, that's more money than I'll ever know in my whole life. But to them, it's sure it, it stings a little, but they're they're gonna make that up pretty easily. So I would love to to revisit kind of how we use medication in our country. Cause I think it's, I think it, there's a lot of pill pushing and there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of that versus like finding the root of the problem. That's kind of always been my, my issue. And like, you know, there's been, throughout this pandemic, right? There's been no push on, oh, you know, you should make sure you're exercising. You should make sure that you're taking care of your body. Are you getting enough vitamin D? Are you getting enough water? How are you taking care of yourself? Like none of that has been discussed from like day one, right? They're like, stay in your house and don't go anywhere. Well, that's not healthy. And then of course, the only solution that they had was to get vaccinated. So to me, that's just not, 
I just don't think that pharmaceuticals should have so much power and control over an individual or a country for that matter. Mm, well, um, far as the pharmaceutical side of things go, I know for people who need medicine outside of the COVID shot, Mark Cuban, he invested in this company that reduces the price of pills. Um, I read something slightly on it. I didn't read it all. But um, that's my thing. Whenever I start reading something, I get so distracted by something else. I don't finish it. I always do that. <laughs> but um, if you're interested in looking that up, just look up Mark Cuban and his pharmaceutical business that he has. And supposedly, if you have to get some medication, and let's just say it costs $200, if you go through Mark Cuban, it will probably cost you like $50 something like that from that little bit that I read, but it drops the price drastically because what he pretty much said was there is no way you should be paying this much for, you know, something related to your health. It shouldn't cost you a second mortgage on your house to get surgery and all this other stuff. So um, people are fed up. That's, that's pretty much what it comes down to. People are fed up. Right. Yeah, I know. I saw that. I, I saw that headline and I didn't really dig deeper. I was like, oh, that's cool. Someone should be doing this. And it's like, there's no competition. There's a lot of patents. I mean, if you look at like insulin, there's only four. Diabetes is one of the largest diseases in the world. And there are only four insulin manufacturers in the whole world. So it's like they've yeah. got a pretty big monopoly on that stuff. Well, I think that um, a lot of it is people are scared of um, big pharma because they're supposedly somebody who came up with a cure for cancer back in like the 80s or 90s and they wasn't willing to sell that information to big pharma and then big pharma came and destroyed his lab lost all that material and starting all over from scratch i'm pretty sure somebody actually has the cure for it but um it's not in big pharma's interest for that to come out Right. You don't want to kill the goose that lays the golden egg. They yes, make a lot of money with those drugs. And that's, yes. it's way more beneficial if they can keep you sick, but alive. I mean, if you're dead, you're not worth anything. But if they can keep you alive and they can keep you sick, you're a customer for life. Well, I think that's what the COVID shot is where it started. <laughs> but that's another show. That's another show. But um, before we dive into this commercial break, um. I wanted to talk with you about the Joe Rogan incident and the Amir Locke incident that's taking place. Now, the Amir Locke incident, that is around your area. But for me, I'm like confused of what's going on because it just looks like a cover up in every direction instead of them just going to the root cause of it and remedying it like the solution, right? So it's like, Okay, what do you do? <laughs> right. And then, of course, I, I want to talk about what's going on with Joe Rogan. And he actually came out and said his spill, but I want to hear your take on it. And then I want to give my take on it also. All right. So, um, so if everybody will, like I said, if you always driving in your vehicle, go ahead and put it on cruise control, turn the volume up. If it's hot, crack the window. If not, turn the heat up, put your sunglasses on. And here are a few words from our sponsors. 
Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store and sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina concealed weapons permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Mental Health and Guns. At Walk the Talk America, we are working with both the mental health community and the gun industry. Created by a gun industry veteran, Walk the Talk America seeks to raise awareness and create change through suicide prevention and firearm safety without legislation. We strive to eliminate the prejudice that firearms and mental health face. For more information and to support Walk the Talk America, please visit walkthetalkamerica.org. Hey everyone, John from Outdoor Dynamics here. We're a remanufacturer of ammunition based in Kannapolis, North Carolina. We make everything from 9mm 115 grain to specialized 40 Smith & Wesson. So if you have anything from an open gun to just a standard Glock 19, feel free to reach out to us at outdoordynamics.net or we're on Instagram and Facebook with outdoor.dynamics. And we're always here for you. Happy to answer any questions you have. All right, good people. We're back at it again. And thank you for sitting through that commercial break. And I had a light that just went out in my little studio. So I got the backup light that's not doing any justice as I think it should be, but it's doing the best that it can right now. <laughs> but please head on over to those sponsors and let them know that you heard about their product on the M-W Tactical Podcast. Now, before the commercial break, we actually stated that we were going to talk about the subject of Joe Rogan's incident and then the Amir Locke incident that's taking place. And we're going to go ahead and dive into the Joe Rogan incident first um, before we dive into the second one. Now, Joe Rogan has been in media for a while. All right. So whatever's going on with Joe Rogan, he is the hot topic, whereas he is catching flack from every direction. But I want to hear what Rockstar has to say about it before I give my interpretation of what's going on with Joe Rogan. So everything you heard, everything that you read, what is your take on what took place with Joe Rogan and what's going on right now? So, okay, so to preface, I have listened to Joe Rogan on and off for a while. Um, actually, there's a really good episode. There's a name that has come up in the news in the last year or so, um, and his name is Brett Weinstein, and he has been on Joe Rogan's show twice, and he did an episode back in 2017, um, which is 100%, in my opinion, worth listening to. It's a really interesting episode. If you don't know who... Um, Brett Weinstein is. He was a former professor at Evergreen University. Um, 
he was involved in an, an incident there that basically, in my opinion, is was foreshadowing kind of the world that we're living in today. So um, I won't go into it. It's kind of a long story, but it's in the 900 episodes of, of Joe Rogan, I'm pretty sure. And it's just really interesting. And then he has or Joe Rogan brings him back on in 2020. So the summer of 2020, Brett Weinstein is back on his show and they're talking about COVID, they're talking about riots, they're talking about the state of the world in 2020. And it's a really good follow-up follow up episode that I would also listen to. Um, and really, like, I'm actually surprised that there wasn't all this flack back then because when uh, Brett Weinstein was on that particular episode, he was talking about COVID originating in a lab. And, you know, that was like a big faux pas back in 2020. Um, but after I kind of listened to that episode, that really kind of opened my eyes to a lot of stuff. So Brett is a microbiologist by trade like that is he's you know a PhD in microbiology so he's not a virologist but he's got a pretty good idea as to how tiny organisms and those types of things function so it was really cool to kind of get his insight on on that episode so I'm like if we were going to make a big deal about COVID like why didn't that episode get flagged two years ago um, which then like led me down there's another guy his name is Jamie Metzel he's not been on Rogan's podcast but he was another one who's kind of been He's like a very left-wing progressive, worked for like the Clinton campaign, but he was another guy who was calling out the whole lab theory back in, in 2020. So those are two guys, like Brett Weinstein is, you know, a very progressive thinking individual who was kind of going against the, um, the party line, if you will. So I always take note when people are kind of um, on a, our particular like side, I hate using sides for politics, but it really kind of is this like left right paradigm that we're living in. And anytime someone on a certain side is kind of going against the grain of what their party is saying, I always kind of take note of that because I tend to think that those people are speaking truth. Because um, it takes a lot to lay down your kind of like your identity and your your <clears throat> your your party hat and be able to say hmm, I'm going to look at this objectively and not let my feelings get in the way and not let my current ideology get in the way and really kind of look for the truth in the situation so those were like two people right off the bat who I, I listened to a lot there's another Rogan episode that I really like um, with Dr. Robert Schock, who's in Egypt. Well, he's a geologist, but he's, you know, kind of a, I don't know, I guess a, an Egyptologist, if you will. But he's got some really cool theories on ancient Egypt and looks at things through the lens of geology. And those, uh, there's a lot of other episodes that I really like, but those are just two that, that stick out. So I mean, I'm not like a diehard Rogan fan, but he's someone who has been in and on my radar for, you know, for many years. Um, and, you know, like fear factor. Actually, fun fact, um, I won a, not, it wasn't on TV or anything. I was working at a restaurant, but we did like a, a fear factor food eating contest. <laughs> and I won the, I won the food eating contest. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> so um, first things first with Joe Rogan and his podcast it has always been a goal of mine to want to get on his podcast. So I would like to get on his podcast and just talk with him. I was in a room with Joe Rogan, but I never met Joe Rogan personally. And if I did, I don't remember, <laughs> you know, but that's always been one of my goals is to 
you know, like bucket list stuff, get on his podcast and speak with him. Um, I listen to Joe Rogan, not religiously, like every week when a new show comes out. But there are episodes I do dance around, pick who I want to listen to, you know, conversation wise. Now, I do believe Joe Rogan is a master in his craft as far as being an interviewer and pulling information out. I think before the whole um, N-word complex that came out, it was a purposely driven effect to try to destroy Joe Rogan because of his openness to get people to think, right? So it's more like, hey, why are you listening to these people? Just listen to yourself, do what's right, but obey the laws and you will be okay. And I think the powers that be are scared of people like that because if you actually can conjure the people together because we already know if everybody pulls together, the government has to listen to the people. But as long as there's division amongst the people, okay, the government don't have to listen to us because now it's size. The people have to come together first before we can actually say, all right, government, this is what needs to take place. But as long as everybody got their own individual ideas, it will never work. Um, now, do I think Joe Rogan is a racist? No. I think what was taking place with him using the N-word, and I'm just going to address it as the word after this. <laughs> so um, what I believe took place is what he said was taken out of content. You know, um, he's came on social media. He's apologized for what he said and explained his reasoning. And it's just like anything else. Um, when you watch a video, if you don't watch the whole thing, that 30 second clip can be taken out of content. What was really said, you know, now, before I go further, <laughs> I do want to hear your side of uh, how you feel and what you think is going on around the word with Joe Rogan, because it almost sounds like, well, it doesn't almost sound like it. I think this is the direction somebody wants it to go is they want Joe Rogan canceled. And I think that's part of that bigger picture that I was talking about is, hey, we can shut him down. Okay, that's one less step we got to worry about. But what's your take on him um, using the word before I go any further with what I think about the word? Oh, I don't care that he said it. I, I am like the, I, the, okay, so I am obviously a constitutionalist. I think it's so stupid. First of all, black people need to stop giving their power away to white people over a word. Like we need to get over it. We need to move on from it. It is a word. There are lots of offensive words in the English language. Like it's time to move on. Like we cannot keep being offended and upset and hurt and whatever by words. Like we just, and it's not even just like, that's just society as a whole. We are so wrapped up in being offended by everything. And I just think that it's, uh, I don't know, it's to me, it's such like a, it's like such a petty thing, right? Like it's, 
I don't even know how you unwind it from from society so it's like just accept it for what it is and and kind of move on from it um but that's like my take on it i also feel like that's it's it, like these days everything is racist right like everything it's either racism or the patriarchy those are the two things that are ruining society and it's just like oh my gosh like why are we so dumb <laughs> like when did americans get so warped by these things these like ideas that you know everyone is racist and everything is all all men are out to get you and all of these things and I don't, I don't agree with any of that and even the whole you know like you look at like the 1619 project which if you actually read into it and read a lot of what the historians are saying a lot of that stuff has actually been debunked like it's not accurate history um and to just say that like America was, you know, founded on racism and all these things. Like, I just, I don't, I don't believe that. I don't think that that's a true statement. Um, but now it's like, you know, it's really easy to manipulate people. It's really easy to like go back and like find all these old things. Even people who were like, oh, you know, Justin Trudeau was wearing blackface. I'm like, good for him. Like, that's fine. Like, I, I don't care. Like, we need to get past this idea that like everything is offensive and everything is racist because that is the easiest way to mani manipulate somebody is like make them get in their feelings, make them think that some group did something to wrong them and then continue to exert your power over them. And um, it's, I don't know, I'm a first amendment proponent by and large, and I've always, I always tell people, I'm like, you know, why do you believe in the First Amendment? And, you know, like I get various answers across the board. And I always, my response to that is always because I believe offensive speech needs to be protected. And they look at me crazy. I'm like, why would you need to protect speech that isn't offensive? And then I never know what to say because you wouldn't need to protect something that isn't offensive. And, you know, we can't say all sorts of words because the PC police have kind of rained down us and, and said all of these various words are not appropriate and like I I grew up like I love George Carlin he's one of my favorite um, comedians I wish he was still alive today because I think he'd be having a field day with what's going on in America but that's kind of always been my my outlook on on how I see the world he was very much pro-offensive speech on all topics and that's kind of where I stand so I, I don't like to be manipulated by people who think that words are going to like hurt my feelings like they're they're there are their words i think we need to learn how to build stronger humans versus better safe spaces that's just sort of my my take on the um i don't know the offense thing as far as what they're doing with rogan i mean the race thing is just like a total like it's like a gotcha thing like they don't like what he's saying about vaccines there's two episodes of the, the episode with dr robert malone and then there's i forget the other doctor but he is the one who's talking about mass information psychosis and those are the two episodes that everybody is up in arms about and i've listened to robert malone on several several different podcasts not just um rogan's like he's kind of been making the rounds he's got one of the original patents on mra mrna vaccines and he um you know, he, he seems to know his stuff. Um, but anyway, so those are like the two episodes that they're really going after. And that's that, that's what they're mad about. And they're just trying to pull up videos about, oh, you know, Joe Rogan said this thing or Joe Rogan said that thing or he's dropping the N-bomb and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but that's not really what you guys are trying to accomplish. You're trying to get rid of him because you don't like 
that he's calling out your agenda. You don't like that he's asking questions. You don't like that he's bringing on experts that can you know, poke holes in your theories. You don't like that he's got 11 million people who are listening to his podcast every week. And that's, you know, more than like two or three times the average nightly news anchor. So that's what they're mad about. And now they're like, oh, now we found this, this old footage of, you know, him saying inappropriate things and he's a racist and he should be canceled. And I'm like, I'm so, every at this point, everybody should be canceled because y'all suck. Like I'm done dealing with people. Everyone is canceled in 2022. That's where I'm at. <laughs> all right so now um here's my take on all that now because <clears throat> i want to hear your take before i actually said anything about it now as i already stated beforehand i do not think joe rogan is a racist whatsoever um now we got to understand um his past you know how he was raised which i don't know i do know he was a comedian and then we know he was a TV host on a couple other shows, but that still doesn't excuse the fact that he used the word, you know. But let's look at society today, right? So we have kids who are not people of color calling themselves that word as a form of endearment, right? Then when you turn around and you look at it, um, this was an incident that I was privy to uh, one time in Georgia when one person said it to somebody else. They tried to pull me into it, and I was like, hey, this ain't got nothing to do with me, <laughs> you know? But what I did say was I don't like the word. I don't use the word, you know? So this first person was trying to justify it by trying to say, I said it with an A, not an E-R. And I was like, do you know how stupid you sound right now, even bringing that up like that, you know? Now, let's go back to when I was a kid. I was in third grade, walking to the bus stop. And the bus stop that I went to, um, it was like the one bus stop for the whole neighborhood <laughs> where I lived at. And it was some middle school kids um, at the same bus stop and I don't remember what triggered this conversation or whatever the case may be but one of the kids who was a white guy punched me in my stomach and called me the word now my family shielded me from that when I was younger you know what I'm saying so the whole racism didn't really settle in my mind until after this incident took place so, of course, when I got home, um, I asked my grandmother and my aunts, because everybody was there in the kitchen, what is a, said the word, and everybody just kind of paused and said, who said that to you? And I told them what took place, and nobody got upset or mad or anything like that. And my grandmother looked at me and said, okay, that word is defined as a stupid and ignorant person. You're not stupid and you're not ignorant. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, so she went ahead and went down a course of it. Now, of course, later on, I went ahead and done some more research, of course, through Black History Month in school and everything. There's a country in Africa called Niger, right? So think about it. 
if somebody from America is coming off of their dialect or whatever is formed, they're coming to this country and they're trying to read it because the education value wasn't what it is now back then. And you're trying to decipher what this word means and then you say it a different way, right? So, okay, um, get the people from Niger over here, right? Their education is a little bit lower, so they say it a different way, which kind of stuck, right? Now, now this is all me talking to somebody just, what, two hours before I wrote you and said, let's talk about Joe Rogan, <laughs> right who was a white person and when i asked this person all right do you know the definition of cracker or where it comes from and she was like i have no idea okay so i explained think about the person cracking the whip over the slaves in the field or whenever they do something right and she's like oh i had no idea right and i was like so where do you think the word come from so this is my take on that word is from country in Africa and the dialect <laughs> and how we say it, you know, um, do you say tomato or do you say tomato? <laughs> it's one of those type, those scenarios. But I went ahead and, and told this person the story about when I was a drill sergeant, because this is something I had to deal with when I was a drill sergeant, because you got to remember, you're getting all these kids from all over the country and they only know life from what they see out of their eyes. And you have a lot of people who are, um, has a street mentality, and then a very small few that are very educated, right? So two guys in basic was having issues, black and a white guy. So black guy was calling everybody the N-word. You know, hey, what's up, my, you know, oh, let me tell you what this did. <laughs> you know, as soon as the white guy said it to him, he got upset about it, wanted to fight. So, of course, you know, I had to interject into it. And this was my take on this. When I look at that word or when I hear that word, the definition, as it was explained to me when I was a kid, is a stupid and ignorant person. So you are okay with people who have the same skin color who looks like you to call you stupid and ignorant, but nobody else can, right? He's looking at me and I kind of saw a light bulb kind of go off, right? So why would you get mad if he calls you stupid and ignorant? Just say these words, stupid and ignorant, but yet this person calls you stupid and ignorant is justified, right? So let's make a change right now. And if everybody in this country really want to make a real change it has to start within right so as you stated beforehand we're giving the word too much power and i understand what's taking place in history but let's just erase it and let's take it off the the board right so when you're looking at it from that perspective why are we giving that word so much power? Why is it so ingrained into society? Why is it so ingrained that one group of people can say it and another group of people can't? And I know I'm going to get a lot of flack from this, but this is my personal belief. You know, if you really want to see change come forth, the word shouldn't have no meaning whatsoever. You know what I'm saying? It shouldn't be 
a word that fires people up. Oh, you call me this, you call me that. You know, like you can call me that right now. Only thing that's telling me is, oh, okay, so this is how you really look at people who look at me, but that's your ignorance. I'm not worried about your ignorance because now I have an option whereas I can either leave that environment or stay. But if I stay, we're going to talk. It's not going to become a physical confrontation. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So when I look at it, that's how I look at it. So let's just take a definition and let's put it in perspective. Because if I call you professional, what does it mean when I call you professional? Somebody who's a subject matter expert, you're on top of this, like you're the one that knows the ins and out of this and everything about it should be on point. I shouldn't have to worry about it when I go there. But when you call me that word, I'm supposed to get fired up, ready to fight, and I see nothing but red. Come on now. Once again, as you said, we're picking and choosing what we want to argue about. We got other bigger stuff on the table. All right. So like I said, to me, when I hear it, cool. Some of the songs I listen to, it's in there. But I've always said Will Smith is my favorite rapper because he didn't cuss in his albums. I think he only cussed in maybe two albums, three albums, right? Method Man is the same way. And a lot of people don't understand this. Like if you listen to um, his albums up to a certain point, he stopped cussing because that was a challenge he gave himself, right? I'm not going to cuss in albums, right? I'm not going to say certain words in the album, right? And um, which I believe it goes back into the whole entertainment realm if the word isn't there, what will you get mad about next? What's the next thing we're going to get upset about, right? Because civil rights started when, and we're still dealing with issues from civil rights then, but why? The fault ain't on one side. It's on both sides of the puzzle. So let's start within ourselves. Like I said, to me, I was brought up, the word means stupid and ignorant person right? I'm not going to call nobody else stupid and ignorant. And if I do call you stupid and ignorant, I'm going to tell you, hey, man, that was stupid. Or you're being ignorant. That's how I'm going to say it. I'm not going to say another word, because <laughs> I want to get straight to the point of that discussion. You know, so the whole Joe Rogan piece and that word, if you listen to everything he was saying, Yes, it was condensed down, and they were just using what he was saying. Now, I think the way he went about it was wrong with him trying to prove his point. You know what I'm saying? So I would never say anything like, yeah, man, you know, I went to this event, blah, 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 and when we got dropped off, it was like I was in Africa. I knew what he was trying to say. You know what I'm saying? But he, it could have been, you know, cleaned up a little something different. But you got to remember that time era, the condition he was in when he said it, how many, how much did he have to drink, right? Which goes back to the way he was raised and his beliefs, you know what I'm saying? So was he choosing his words carefully? Yes and no, but it was just spun out of control. You know what I'm saying? So I accept this apology, but I think 
for real change to happen in America, that word doesn't need the power that it has. You know what I'm saying? So why even give it the power that it has right now? That's what I'm saying. So like when I'm looking at you, I'm like, okay, I'm seeing a blank look, but I don't know what's processing in your mind right now. Well, I'm thinking, okay. So I was relating it back to um, Harry Potter, which I loved when I was a kid. I read it like two or three times. I actually reread it during COVID. I, well, I only got up to book five and then I had other stuff to do, but I literally sat and like, was at my parents' house and reread like books one, two, three, four, and five. And um it's funny because when in the beginning, you know, you're kind of figuring out like who Harry is and like who his parents are and why he's like a big deal and everybody, you know, it's so if you don't know the backstory of, of Harry Potter, he essentially um, was the child of two prominent wizards who were killed in an epic battle um, by Lord Voldemort. And when the book starts off, nobody will say the word Voldemort. And they actually refer to him as he who will not be named. And, um, you know, everyone kind of like tiptoes around it and they're like very like scared. Well, Harry, you know, Harry grew up with the the muggles who were, you know, basically like regular people with no sort of wizarding capability. And he had no, um, you know, he had no insight into what was going on and his parents were you know, not good to him and he lived under a staircase and they kept him like extremely sheltered until he ended up going to Hogwarts. And he was basically the first one to, you know, call Voldemort what he was. And everything, you know, when he first says it, everyone's like, oh, like you said, what? You referred to him as Voldemort? You said this forbidden word? But he like took away the power of, you know, he who shall not be named, right? And he was like open about like what it really was. And I feel like that's kind of where we're at right now. We're like tiptoeing around this thing and everyone's like, well, you can't say that or you can't use it or you blah, blah, blah this. And I'm like, or like we could just stop being afraid of words and offended by words. And like, I don't know, I, in my mind, like an insult is an insult. I don't know why this one is weighted so much heavier. Like I think back to grade school and like, there was, you know, this girl that we picked on and, uh, you know, she, and which is like really sad when you think of it. She was a really nice girl. She was just like a chubby, like she was just like a chubby girl. We called her like chicken nugget and we called her fat and we like, we were mean, like we were mean girls and it wasn't and like, you know, like, but like, I feel like I went to a really small grade school and everybody got picked on. Like I got picked on for being adopted. This one kid <laughs> got picked on because like in second grade, he pooped his pants. Like everyone had like had took a turn getting picked on in some way, shape or form in my childhood. And um, <clears throat> I just don't think that like, I don't know why we weight insults differently because an insult is an insult. It's meant to hurt you. It's meant to make you feel bad about yourself. So I don't, in my mind, calling someone stupid, calling someone fat, calling someone ignorant, calling someone, pick your favorite insult. Like why is one of them so powerful? Why is one of them different? Like, why have we decided that this one word is the worst thing that you can call? I just don't believe that. I don't think that that's the worst thing that you can call somebody. And I don't know why we've given it all of this power when there's, you know, 
a whole dictionary full of terrible words I can call somebody, right? So in my mind, that's kind of like where I come from. It's like, well, it's stupid that we're saying like, this is the one that you can't say. And it's because we've been programmed to think that. And it's because we've been programmed to say like, or to think that you can't say this because it's the worst of the worst insults. And I'm like, or it's not, or it's just another word. And we've given it way too much power and meaning. And like, no one wants to have that conversation about it. That's very true. Um, so even when you look at it, let's just happen to say we're at a party and you got the one guy who is, um, before the party starts, everybody is measuring and sizing everybody up, right? Like most people do, right? Now a few drinks happen. Now this guy's becoming touchy-feely, saying inappropriate things. Now, whenever that guy comes around, you're going to see a group of people just kind of turn their back to the guy. They're not going to give them that attention, right? So that's pretty much how I look at it. Like, why are we giving attention to unnecessary stuff? But why are we <laughs> still in the position that we're in as people, right? So is that part of the bigger plan, the confusion aspect of it? to not bring people together you know um but i've always said if we want real change to happen we got to start within and i'm not talking about us one-on-one i'm talking about us as a culture right so we have to come up with okay look yes there's significant history of reflection with the word right just like a friend of mine a few months ago, we had a conversation about the Confederate flag. And, you know, he was more, you know, saying what he said about the belief of it. And I was like, well, when I look at the flag, this is what I believe. And we had a whole conversation. He was like, I had no idea. I had no idea. Nobody ever took the time to actually talk to him about it, you know? So um, it opened his eyes. And then what, like a week or so later, I seen him and then he didn't have the um, plate on his truck anymore. And we didn't talk about it. But then like, I did ask him like, yo, man, I wasn't asking you to take your plate down. And he was like, no, no, I thought about it. And I did it because I wanted to. That was the end of it. <laughs> right? Nothing else was said about it. And you know, we're still friends to this day. But um, I just think the whole Joe Rogan aspect is getting overblown, you know, and I think he's being attacked for the reason of just trying to tear down what he's built as far as the podcast side of things go. And as you stated at the beginning of um, this segment, I do believe the first amendment needs to be enforced, right? Because the way I look at it is I went over to a different country to defend our rights, not just what I believe, but everybody's right. So if you believe in something that I don't believe in, Hey, that's your prerogative. That's what the law is. It gives you the right to think and react how you want to. Now the perception of things and, you know, guilty by association and public opinion and all that stuff, that's a different topic, but Right now, I feel offended when people are trying to shut other people down, especially when I put my life on the line 
and other people before me done the same exact thing for you to come in to try to say what you can and what you can't say. You see what I'm saying? That's, that's, that's where the problem lies with me, you know, but on a personal note, like I said, I don't think Joe Rogan um, did or said anything wrong because everything we do in life, it's a learning lesson, right? Now, is he apologizing because this is brought forth? Maybe, maybe not. But I think he is smart enough to say if somebody was to bring this to him and it wasn't in the spotlight, I think his response would have still been the same as he did it on social media. You know, I mean, I just think he's a genuine person. Honestly, I think he's a genuine person. Um, but I don't think he... I don't think he done anything wrong in the aspect of how people are trying to tear him down right now. Cause look at what they did to um, Kevin Hart when he was supposed to host the Emmys. Was that three years ago, two years ago, something like that. And they went back seven years when he was talking about um, the, I'm going to butcher this LBGQT culture did i say that right lgbtq yeah i always get them mixed up but yeah he he was talking about that culture but look at the time frame of when he was talking about it right you know what i'm saying like the terminology that he had used then that was accepted then but they're trying to hold like okay well today you know you said this seven years ago but we're gonna prosecute you today off of what you said seven years ago <laughs> right and is that right you know what I'm saying? And there's, I used to say this saying um, all the time, like, oh man, you know, you're wrong as two boys, you know? And it was just two years ago, you know, somebody brought it to my attention. Like, yo, you can't say that now. Like that. And I was like, why? I'm not saying anything wrong, but I'm looking at it from my perspective in my eyes and I'm not looking at it from who that can offend and how that can hurt. So now I don't even say that anymore. You know what I'm saying? But it's just a matter of how you was raised, how you look at things and what lessons did you learn in life from it? You know, cause I could have easily been like, ah, oh, you know, I'm gonna still say what I want to say, you know, and not care how it affects other people, you know, but I had to change that and which I did. It was just that person put that in perspective for me. Like, and just think about it. Like, okay, so you could be talking to a group of people and what if somebody in that crowd is same sex? Because you just offended them by saying that one statement, right? And I was like, damn, you know what? You're right. What if it was somebody saying same thing about firearms and my passion is with firearms or racing cars or the way we dress? <laughs> it can go either which way, so... Um, but we just got to um, look and dig deeper. But if everybody will, please send your comments to email info at m-wtactical.com and give us your insight of what you think about what's going on with Joe Rogan or even in the comments if you're watching us on YouTube. And I'm curious to know what everybody is thinking. But I'm a firm believer in that we as a culture we need to come up with a solution 
And I don't think the solution is saying it with an A or ER. I think that's very ignorant to say something like that. But I think we just give the word too much power. And we need to take that power out of the word so we can move forward as a people. Right? Both entertainers and regular people alike. All right. Um, you got anything else you want to say about that um, Joe Rogan situation? Well, I think it's important to, like, I, I always like this statement, like, you can't hold the past to present standards. Um, mm -hmm. And that's, like, really what this wave of leftism is trying to do is to dig up all of these past offenses that weren't offensive. I actually am sad that America is so offended. I wish we could go back to being more offensive. That's actually, I think that's how you get over it is you are just in like, you know, blunt and in your face. And like, I, I hate that we self-police our words so much because we're too, like, to me, offense, there's a really good book that I have. It's called The Bait of Satan. And it is all about offense and basically how offense is this tool of manipulation and people being offended are weak and easily manipulated and all of these things. <clears throat> and it kind of breaks down how you, um, you know, build yourself up to be a better person so that you're not offended by things. And I think that's the actual solution is to figure out ways to not be offended and to have tougher skin. But I, that's not the direction that the world is moving at all. So I guess I'm fairly countercultural in that stance. But I think back to even like growing up as a kid, like the things that we would say, I'm like, you can't say that anymore. And like, that's too bad because it's like, it wasn't out of a place of hate right it was it wasn't it wasn't because we'd hated this specific group of people um but yeah that's like a whole psychology lesson that i'm sure we could <laughs> dig yeah. into <laughs> yeah, that's true that's very true but let's um let's jump into a quick commercial break and then come back and talk about amir Locke. and then um you can educate me on this because you're dealing with it firsthand in your environment um but I'm kind of lost from everything I'm finding because it's like everything I'm finding is somebody's trying to do a cover up, right? And I can't find the truth. So um, if everybody will, please go refresh your drinks and utilize the restroom and come on back. And then here are a few words from our sponsors. JM4 Tactical has developed a state-of-the-art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high quality Hermit Oak leather, securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer Bolteron shell, your draw becomes silent and no more scratches up and down your firearm. When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, the Relic holster is available in four different models fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, light, individual carry holster by JM4 Tactical. Order your relic today at jm4tactical.com. Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm gonna be, come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. 
Find out why shooters across the United States are changing the Hunter's HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please, go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. All right, good people, we're back at it again, and thank you for sitting through that commercial break, and head on over to those sponsors and let them know that you heard about them through the M-W Tactical Podcast. Also, remember, share the podcast with your friends and loved ones about the M-W Tactical YouTube channel, because once again, once we hit 1,000 subscribers, we will be doing a giveaway. So we're getting there, we're just not there yet, so let's do what we can, and if anything, if you're watching us on YouTube, give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And if you're subscribing, depending on what streaming network that you're using, give a star, two stars, three stars, or thumbs up, thumbs down. Depending on what you use, show some love or show some hate, whichever one you want. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Just give it. Just give it. All right. So now before the commercial break, we did say that um, – we just got finished talking about the Joe Rogan incident and how we feel about it and how we look at it. Now, there was another story that Rockstar had brought forth to me, and it's about this young man named Amir Locke. So you keep hearing us say there's a cover-up and what's going on. So the backstory of how I perceive it off of what I've seen and what I read is that there was a no-knock warrant taking place. The cops ended up getting a key to the place. They came in. Apparently, Amir Locke, he was 23, 24 years old, um, fairly young person, sleeping on the couch of this house where this no-knock warrant was being initiated, and the cops shot him. Of course, when we, when I heard the story initially, what I heard was um, when the cops came in, there was a firearm next to him and he was pointing it at the um, officers. But then later on, we found out that that wasn't true or said to be not true. Now, of course, everything else I've seen after that is, you know, people calling out the police officers and everything I'm seeing on TikTok and social media and a little bit that I heard on the news, but I'm not a big component of the news either because I know like how they can twist things and, you know, agenda based and everything like that. But Rockstar has been on top of it and we haven't talked about it, but I know like you got some interesting stuff that you found out in relation to um, this um, situation that's taking place. Yeah. So I, okay, so 
some of you guys know, I don't live in Minneapolis anymore, but I spent seven years living there and I lived there when all of the George Floyd stuff was happening. I lived like five blocks from the police station that burned down. I have a highlight on my Instagram feed of me walking through my neighborhood that shows us like <clears throat> all the damage that ensued um, kind of after that incident. So I still keep a pretty good pulse on what's going on in Minneapolis. I try to, you know, obviously I still have a lot of friends who live up there. Um, I spent a decent chunk of my life there. So I still just like to know what's going on and hope everyone's doing well. Um, one of the big reasons that I did leave is because the crime is just like through the roof. And when I first moved up there, I was shocked. So Milwaukee is not a, uh, <laughs> Milwaukee is I love it because it's you know it's where I'm from it's like my people but it's you know it's a little rough around the edges there's definitely room for improvement but um when I moved to Minnesota I, I was shocked at how one at how clean Minneapolis was and like secondly how safe it was especially for a big city it's significantly larger than Milwaukee so I was like oh my gosh like this is this is pretty impressive. They've got very little crime. They've, I can walk around at night and I never felt scared or unsafe. And it was just such a culture shock from being in Milwaukee where um, like when I first moved into the neighborhood that I live in now, I moved there in like 2009. And uh, like a week, literally the first week that I lived there, there was a shooting in the bar in like in my alley. <laughs> I was like, mm. what am I doing? Like, this is crazy. I just signed a lease and this, but whatever. I mean, yeah. So there was just some like very big differences, but anyway, kind of after um, summer of 2020, it really started to go downhill fast. And there's just been a lot of not great incidences, both just with, um, crime overall and then obviously things with the police department it, it's it's just like this never-ending cycle and I'm like what is even happening in this city so um this story is really sad and kind of interesting on several fronts so um Amir Locke was shot by police officers who entered this um apartment unit and there's like a couple things right off the bat that I think are really weird. So they obviously had the no-knock warrant. I'm not a fan of no-knock warrants in general. I think they're, I just think there's a lot better ways that the police can be solving crime. Not only are they dangerous, they're actually dangerous for police and I'm actually surprised more officers aren't injured uh, during no-knock raids, but they're dangerous for the people who are involved. And, you know, not only can, you know, people like Amir Lockett shot and killed, but, you know, there's been instances where, um, well, even like with like Breonna Taylor, but there's been lots of instances where people will get hit by stray bullets or just the kind of like the sheer shock and, and trauma of, you know, living next to someone or above or below somebody whose door is getting kicked in by police. It's, I, you know, I just think that there are better ways to, um, to do this. Um, but what was really interesting to me was that uh, Amir Locke wasn't even the person that they were looking for. Um, he is the cousin of the person that they're looking for, but he was not even the person that was on the arrest warrant. You don't know why he was staying there. That part, that, that's probably a piece of the puzzle we'll never know because he's obviously not here to give his side of the story but this is what i think it is um 
because I, what I understand is that he was pursuing a career in music as a, an entertainer. I know a lot of times when music is created, it's in the wee hours of the morning. You know what I'm saying? So was he coming back from partying and doing whatever to go to his cousin's house to possibly wake up early enough to get back to the studio? You know, that, that, yeah. that's what I think. But as you stated, we don't know. I know. Yeah. I know. It's just, it's just, and it's weird that like, like his cousin wasn't there. I mean, I guess like you can crash at somebody's house, but I normally, if I'm at someone's house, they're usually there with me. I don't know. It's like, it's just, it's just a weird thing. Like it's, it's unfortunate because, you know, he wasn't the person that they were looking for, but I do, I, I am curious as to why, why was he there? Not that, it, I guess it doesn't really matter, but I just think it is kind of like a, you know, it's a weird thing. Right. Um, the other part, like of him being related to um, the, the, you know, the actual suspect, I think that there is this, um, I, I think as people, we don't put enough, um, we don't vet our circle good enough, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like, it's really important that you know, like, who you're spending time with, what they're up to, what they're involved in, um, because bad apples like spoil a whole bunch and you can be caught in something that isn't any of your doing because the person that you're connected to is involved in not good stuff. Um, so I think it's really like in my, like I've, I have a really large friend group, but like my core group is very like tight knit and close. And I, you know, I vet those people pretty regularly and I make sure that they're not doing, you know, we're old now. Like, I'm like, I'm not doing shady stuff. I don't have time. Like, <laughs> but when I was younger, that was, you know, I didn't hang out with, you know, super, super shady people and, and get involved in situations where I would be put in harm's way or hang out with people who did that. So I think that is something that we don't do a good job of as a society and um it is something to you know just to to be mindful of um the actual guy that they're looking for is a i mean he's a kid he's not he's 17 years old they found him and they found him down in monona which is i don't know like an hour outside of the twin cities um but like he is 17 years old He's wanted for murder, um, for a, a murder of someone about a month ago, and he's got several other charges as well. So, I mean, the police, he's had multiple run-ins with the law. And it's so sad, because I'm like, this is like, he's not like a 25, 30-year-old dude. He's like a teenager who is in just boatloads of trouble, who is likely going to be tried as an adult. Um, so it's like that's like just really unfortunate too like and like where like where did where did this kid go wrong right like what happened that he's in this crazy situation um and then i think the final thing is like we talk a lot about like no knock warrants and i i think there are maybe justified cases but by and large like i don't like the idea of them i don't think that the you know, the element of surprise is really this like really needed, especially, I mean, like, let's be real. It's 2022. You're pretty trackable and pretty traceable. Like it's pretty easy to hunt people down. Um, 
So the idea that, you know, I get it. It looks cool in Hollywood movies. You kick down a door, you break into the place. It's all the things, but I'm like in real life, that's not, that's, that's doesn't play out the same. There's a lot of things that can go wrong. I think it causes a lot of potential issues. I don't like giving the state that much power in general. Like I'm very much, you know, I don't like, I don't know. I mean, I don't think that we should have this militarized police force and that's kind of where we're at as a society. Um, but yeah, so, and then, you know, even like the things that they're using no-knock warrants for, it's like a lot of it is drug, this wasn't a case, but a lot of them are drug related. Um, and I just, I don't think that that's whatever. We could do a whole show on drug laws. Um, and then I guess the final point is, um, so Amir Locke like had a gun on him, obviously. He, ha he actually had the uh, a permit to carry, um, you know, he's, an adult in Minnesota. I don't know if he was from Minnesota though. I think he's from Texas. Um, regardless, you can own a gun in your home. Like you, you can have a gun in a private residence. Like that's, you don't need a permit for that. So mm -hmm. if anyone broke into my house, I would have acted the same way. And like, you can see in the video, like he has trigger discipline. Like he doesn't have his finger on the trigger. Like he is not, in a place to shoot and and the cops don't even give him you know a drop your weapon charge they don't even say anything to that it's like they break in and like they see the gun and they shoot him like that's not i, I don't think that that's how policing should work so <clears throat> there's just there's a lot of things that kind of all went wrong that that just led to a really tragic outcome and like how do we how do we take a ten thousand foot view at this situation and like find ways to make sure that these things don't keep happening. Yeah. Now, I seen, um, I didn't know it was a video out as you stated, but now that I look it up, I see that there's a picture and clearly he has his finger on the side of the firearm. Yes. And a blanket on the couch. Yes. Right. But let's take it into account even further. All right. Even if you're sleeping, regardless of who you are, somebody wakes you up. You're just not going to wake up and be like, oh, hey, how's it going? <laughs> right. Majority of the time people wake up and they're in a state of like, where am I at? And they're, you know, calm down, calm down. Hey. And then like, think about it. When you wake somebody up, you kind of back up a little bit. Right. Unless it's like a little kid or something, you know, kids wake up. They just want to play. But as an adult, you know, you already looked at certain things a different way and the whole protective measure is different. So yeah, there's been plenty of times I heard a bump or like the wind threw something up against the house and I'm rolling over and I'm already crouching down, firearm in hand, I'm assessing the situation, but now that I'm sitting there thinking about it, oh, maybe that was just, you know, the wind threw something up against the house. So who's gonna be outside right now anyway? you know, um, but somebody kicking your door, more than likely, a lot of people who are trained will get their firearm, go, and then as soon as they see people who are not supposed to be in the house, they're going to start shooting. But now, even if they yell, police, police, you know, because once they start shooting, you know, they're going to shoot back. <laughs> and right. nobody's going to be, all right, everybody stop, everybody stop. All right, let's talk about it. It's not going to go down like that, because once the bullet is shot, that's not going to end until somebody ends up dying. We already know that, <laughs> you know, but, um, 
I'm curious to know what was the justification for killing this guy? You know, because they were saying like he wasn't involved in it, but obviously they was looking for the cousin, as you stated. But why? Because when Brianna, um, uh, was it Brianna Washington? Oh, was it? Brianna Taylor. Brianna Taylor. I'm sorry. I'm I'm all <laughs> over the place right now. <laughs> but when Brianna Taylor's incident happened, didn't they do like across the country? Oh, we're not going to do no knock warrants. So why did they initiate this back up? No, that was just in where was she? Was she in Kentucky or Georgia? Somewhere down south. They just did it in her state. It wasn't like a nationwide. But- well, when that happened, I know they did the same thing here in South Carolina because it brought so so much attention. Like, I think it was um, North Carolina, South Carolina, and I heard other places doing the same thing, but I thought it was like a nationwide thing where it was like, okay, we're just not going to do it for whatever until we can realize what's going on. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong. <laughs> I really don't know. But um, But either way you look at it, you would have took that um, Brianna Taylor situation and used that as a learning lesson. Right. Because like we already said, so much can go wrong because half the time you look at it when a no-knock warrant is taking place, is it the right address? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So that's where the problem comes in. And now somebody gets killed is, oh, well, we're sorry, but okay, wrong house. Let's go down the street to the right house. Right. Like that's the attitude that is right. coming off from it, you yeah. know? So it's like no regard for life when it's a political measure, but as soon as a crime is done, now everybody wants to be, oh, get the picket, get the, this, we're going to jail. We got to take them to court. You know, it's, yeah. it's kind of off, you know, but so now what's the state of mind for everybody? Cause I know like one video I was watching you had police like making a human fence and people were sitting there doing a lot of screaming and, you know, doing their protesting and everything. But what have you discovered? Have you talked to somebody that's in that area and what's the mind state? Well, what's interesting, I actually had two different people posting this morning about um, not, I mean, they, they acknowledged, um, this particular case, but they both, there was a a student that was killed last night in North Minneapolis, just from the ongoing violence problem that is plaguing the city. And two different people posted about that. And they were like, you know, not to dismiss what's going on here, but they were both kind of saying, but we have like, this is like every day. This is like, and this one woman, she's a teacher. Oh my God, her post was so sad. Um, And she basically was like, this is the second student this year that I have to bury. And I'm like, that's crazy. And they're kids. They're like, this was like a kid. I mean, not even a teenager, like a child. And um, both posts were really kind of talking about that. Like, you know, yes, it's really sad that our police force is not, uh, you know, (laughs) trained properly and that we're still doing these things. But like, we're also completely neglecting this ongoing crime problem that we have. And we're, we're dealing with kids killing kids essentially. So 
I think there's just a lot of frustration and hurt on a lot of fronts. I think there's a lot of failed city leadership. There is, I mean, I, between the mayor and then the, um, the city council, it's just, I mean, the city is just, it's failing and it's, it's really sad. And, you know, they've cut police. They, there, there aren't new police coming. Um, there's clearly a major crime problem between like the car thefts and the, uh, there's like a big street racing problem right now. Like people have been killed in, um, you know, hit and runs as well as uh, high speed chases. So it's just kind of like, it's just really sad that this is like the state of affairs. And um, I think there's, there's a lot to really fix like between the police department, between the ongoing violence problems, between all of the, I don't know, just kind of the lawlessness that has overtaken the city. Um, that's kind of the tone that is, that I'm getting from up there. It's that it's not just the police, it's also this incessant, like you can't catch a break, right? If it's not the police shooting somebody, it's someone on the street shooting somebody. And it's like, where, where do we, how do we end this? Now, there was um, a TikTok video that I sent Rockstar and this lady was going off about this incident and apparently they asked her she had some type of community influence something along that line and they asked her to be a part of it but she stood up and she was walked up and said look i don't have a, a gun on me so i'm just going to speak and obviously she feared for something for her to even say that and then turned around and stated like okay y'all wanted me to come forth and talk to people and project this positivity but yet you're not willing to call out the cover-up and she said cover up like four times in her speech but then she also stated the whole accountability portion so the person who she was talking to um was that the mayor because yeah. she, she never said his name yeah jacob Frey. right so um and then she was like that's why the people voted for you because they're looking for change to start with you but yet you're doing the same thing which is why are we doing this cover-up let's do accountability right now and it was pretty interesting um and i don't know if you if you watched it but it was two parts that i sent to you i just watched and, the first part i didn't watch the second one yeah so i was more like oh wow that's a big saying right there for her to come forth and say that you know, so what's really going on? Because that's what spiked my interest to be like, okay, what's really going on right now? And why is there a cover up? Right. You know, so, so this is, this is crazy. And as I stated beforehand, and I said this to my uncle when I was talking with him this morning, why are we dealing with the same matters from like the 1950 era? Right. Yeah. And we're almost a hundred years to that. You know, just simple civil liberties that we are fighting so hard to get as a people. But I'm a firm believer in if you do equality across the board, this country will be so profitable and so much resources and everything. But when you got people who are being greedy and don't understand that concept and small-minded people, you know, doing stuff that's not helping the agenda. How can we progress as we want to progress? 
because once again, it starts within. <laughs> you can't depend on somebody else to give it to you and then you run with it. You got to work for it. Yeah. 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 So it's crazy. So um, prayers and best wishes go out to that family who has to deal with this tragedy. But at the same time, um, like I said, we as a people, we need to wake up. We got to have this conversation, but we also have to hold people accountable. We can't let people get off because as soon as you yeah. start letting people get off, the problem is going to snowball to something bigger, right? So if there's a crime, if you did it, okay, you got to pay your time. All right, let's move forward after that. Yeah. You know. Well, that's what's so sad too. Like if, you know, that the the kid, like he, if someone would have turned him in or if someone would have arrested him, like none of this would have happened. You know, like this kid was wanted for murder. He killed someone else and has been on the run since. They did finally find him obviously, but it's like, man, because of, because of that kid's negligence, he got his cousin wrapped up into a situation that cost him his life. And it's just like, like the chain of events that happens, um, you know, because you want to protect your own or you don't think that your kid is guilty. It's like, but now look at what's happened because you're trying to protect someone who's guilty. That's really sad. Well, let's take murder off the table or let's even keep it on the table. And let's just happen to say, he saw the murder, but he wasn't the one who did the murder. But yet somebody kept saying it was him who did the murder. And he's probably running out of fear. Because I don't want to go to jail. I'm not, I don't want to get prosecuted for something I didn't do. You know what I'm saying? So because of the fear complex and him not understanding, he could talk to somebody to get it clarified, you know, or rectified. Um, I mean, like we don't know what his mind state was and the reason why, but obviously he done it or as we think he's done it or, you know, is he associated with somebody else who was there and something like the whole story? I mean, I don't know the whole story, but I mean, let's look at it from a more, you know, open eye perspective, take other matters into account. And like I had a friend one time, he was running from the law but he didn't do what he was accused of, you know? So he was bouncing from house to house, you know, until he um, got up enough money to get a lawyer. And when he went into the lawyer, it came out in court that he wasn't that person they was looking for, you know? But if he would have like went on ahead and when like got arrested at the beginning of it, that situation probably wouldn't have turned out the same for him because he didn't have the money and public defender is not going to defend you like they should. Right. You know, it's more like throwing you to the wolves. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, um, but like I said, um, the people who were helping him, everybody understood he was not there. Right. He wasn't the person who did that crime. So like I said, he went on ahead, he got his money together when he got a lawyer and then he turned himself in and then went through the court case and it came out, he was, he was innocent. Yeah. So, um, but we, we gotta be understanding of the situation in the area, you know what I'm saying? So for instance, 
that took place in Georgia. I don't know what the mentality is up north in Milwaukee or Minnesota. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, the rhetoric is probably the same, but the culture is probably a little bit more weeding, you know, because um, gangs wasn't as relevant then for my friend as they are now for, yeah. you know, society and the younger culture or the networking yeah. of the gang culture, put it like that. It is. Running the streets. Yeah. I'm a firm believer in. Um, yeah. I'm a firm believer in bring back pure entertainment, bring back the um, R&B what it was mm-hmm. so you need five to six people in a group all of them dancing and stuff talking about love bring back rap <laughs> that actually talked about a message instead of everybody talking about how much money they have what they spent their money on <laughs> talk about something specific you know outside of negativity um, bring back the tv shows that actually had life lessons you know, um, bring back commercials that talked about public awareness, you know, so all that's not no longer relevant like it was 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. You know, which is a product of this is what you get now. (laughs) So (laughs) this is crazy. It's getting crazy out here. All right, so um, you have any more about that topic you want to talk about or um, anything else you know about it that you probably failed to mention or overlook? Um, well, they did. So as of right now, the mayor did put a stop to no-knock warrants. So that's a start, and I'm sure it'll go to the legislature at some point. But I would like to see, I don't know. I guess, like, I, I would like to see something more than just the mayor put like a moratorium on it i think it needs to be a bigger discussion um as to why we're doing i'm just not a fan of that practice i just i think there are maybe some instances where it does make sense but i I don't think you know like this guy is the guy they were looking for is one dude you know he's not part of this like from what i can tell he's not in this like massive operation he's not like some kingpin he's not like heading up a cartel you know what i mean he's like Mm -hmm. a guy that they're trying to hunt down for murder and a couple other charges but i just like to have like an entire swat team come in for one person just seems kind of like an abusive power um i don't know i just don't think that many 17 year olds are that day i mean obviously dangerous yes but like it's not like he's running this like crazy world operation that needs this giant intervention that's kind of my take on it well it's the message of right so when they go in 30 deep for one person it's the message that oh regardless of where you hide we're coming through we're gonna get you so um is it necessary yeah no they could have done the same thing with three people yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know but um it's it's a message they're facilitating a message right which has just been a tv commercial and then they could have went back and done three people just going to get them <laughs> you know 
but um yeah so let's go ahead and um wrap up the show and then next week we can do a summary of whatever happens over the week coming and then um you know bring forth any new evidence that we brought up or information that we discovered or you know so um of course as already stated beforehand remember that we're going to be doing a giveaway for the m-w tactical channel and on the m-w tactical podcast once we hit a thousand subscribers we are inching up to that number so you're almost there and i'm so looking forward to see who will get a pair of the hunter hd goals that we have in line to be given away and that's just one of the sponsors of the show who gave us products to be given away so go ahead and hit that subscribe button thumbs up and do us that favor and show us some love you can even hit the thumbs down all right so um either way you look at it it's going to show us that you're thinking about us <laughs> um and listen to us on your favorite streaming platform you know so if you're taking a trip somewhere if you're someone who don't doesn't like to listen to um conventional radio and you like listening to podcasts yeah so go ahead and um subscribe to us on your favorite streaming platform and we're on a lot of them, so I don't even know all of them that we are part of. So I always tell people Spotify, Google, Apple, and um, Anchor. But there are so much more, um, so many more podcasts that we are a part of, you know. So if you will, um, just do a search for M-W Tactical by looking up at M underscore W Tactical on Facebook and YouTube. Just go ahead and put in M-W Tactical and you'll find it. Now, if you want to look up Rockstar, you can do so by looking up. <laughs> look up Rockstar Burst, B-E-R-S-T, on Instagram. Um, yeah, or, you know, feel free to look uh, or just leave me a comment on the YouTube thread and I'll respond to that. Yeah, so we got to um, we gotta get the update on that rifle that you was decorating and putting the furniture on so yeah we need to do a show on that one to see where you're at with it <laughs> i think that would be pretty interesting so but um let's go ahead and close out and we'll be back again on tuesday so until then as we always say everybody please keep shooting keep practicing and have fun y'all take care now <laughs>